Innovation happens in the blink of an eye. And to understand the implications, you need a credible source that helps to make sense of it all. Stay up to date on the most pressing innovation issues shaping the world today by subscribing to Better Innovation, a podcast featuring top management strategists, policymakers, and leading innovation thought leaders from across the globe. Going into its sixth season, Better Innovation, hosted by Jeff Saviano, a global innovation leader with EY, delves into how innovative technologies like blockchain, artificial intelligence, digital currencies, and the promise of Web 3.0 are transforming the global landscape. Featuring elite guests like Jeremy Allaire, CEO of Circle Financial, authors Whitney Johnson and Rita McGrath, former U.S. Cabinet member Andrew Card, and a number of leading MIT scientists. Subscribe today and hear more from these distinguished guests. Subscribe to Better Innovation on your favorite podcast platform. G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. Welcome to another episode of Live with Leading Thinkers on the Grow Your Brand podcast show. Today I have a fantastic guest. I've interviewed her once before on my other show, The Oyster. She's a great friend of mine, Lyndall Farley. Lyndall is a sabbatical specialist and wellbeing coach. She is the founder of Beyond a Break and she helps people and companies use the power of time off to boost their wellbeing. So I couldn't think of someone better to talk to about the strange year that we've all had and that kind of forced time off that many of us have had. Even while we're trying to figure business stuff out and keep our businesses running, I know some people have been run off their feet and busy, but for a lot of us, there has been that sort of forced pause, that forced pause, and we've been given an opportunity, if we want to look at it with the the silver lining lens, we've been given an opportunity to think about what we're we're doing with our lives. And that's what Lyndall and I are speaking about today. It's an awesome chat. I'm so appreciative that uh, Lyndall agreed to be on my show. Uh, So big thank you to Lyndall. And if you want to find out more about Lyndall, you can head over to LinkedIn. That's where she spends most of her time. Uh, So I'll put the link to her profile here. You can also head over to her website, Beyond a Break. Just go to www.beyondabreak.com. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes. So if you enjoy this interview, please go and say hello to Lyndall. Let her know how you heard about her through this podcast. And if you found this useful, think of someone that you can share this with. I really go to a lot of effort to get great experts on this show who can really provide advice, uh, insight, guidance, tips, tricks, tools, tactics, all the T's, (laughs) strategies, and all that good stuff so that you guys don't need to necessarily be investing a whole heap of money in figuring this stuff out because it's really hard when you're starting a business and when you're running a business. At every stage of business, there's, there's challenges that we need to face. So anything I can do to support you and anything you can do to support me, That's what this is all about. So please do think about how you could share this with someone who would benefit uh, from what we talk about on the show. Little plug for the show uh, this week. So, well, not just a plug for the show, a plug for me as well. So I've had 
I mean, I'm so grateful for this. I've had so many awesome guests on the show. I'm sure you guys would agree. And I've got so many awesome interviews lined up uh, that I actually don't have any spaces for the rest of the year for guests to come on the show. So what I've decided to do, because I always want to have the Monday, Wednesday, Friday sessions, what I've decided to do to get a bit of extra support for the show is offer some sponsored interview slots. So occasionally on a Tuesday and a Thursday, um, they're the the slots I'm going to be opening up. There may be some additional sponsored interviews, which I'm super excited about. So if you've thought about being a guest on a show like this, uh, you can actually sort of fast track that with me uh, by reaching out to me. Just go to laurencrest.com. You can find out more about this. You can always apply for editorial interviews. It's just that I don't have a lot of slots left and I have to be really, really selective with uh, what goes on the show just because I get a lot of people asking to be on the show. So I thought so that the show gets a bit more funding and so that we keep having more content that goes out because I'd love to keep doing the live streams, um, that's what I'm kind of going to do. The other thing I'm doing is I'm also doing interviews directly with people who want branded content. So if you remember a while ago, I was kind of saying that one of the problems I find uh, with having guests on the show, and you know, honestly, I've been pretty lucky with this particular podcast show. Uh, I haven't really had this happen, but I do have people who kind of steal the content, and I've gotten, I've, I've really cracked down on that uh, because, as a content creator, that's that's sort of my, that's my way of like doing this, right? <laughs> it's my way of having a show and why I put so much effort into having the show is to create this content. But I thought I do want to give people the opportunity to have their own content as well. And interviewing is such a great way to facilitate conversations. I've talked about that before. I've talked about, you know, the different types of interview formats, all that kind of stuff. So what is now available uh, is you can book in an interview with me. Uh, if you're local, we can actually do it in person or otherwise we can do it on uh, Zoom. But essentially we do a video and a podcast recording that then you can take and turn into a bunch of content. So I've got a few different content partners that I'm working with to also help flesh out that content and turn it into sort of anything. I mean, you know, I've talked to people who are like, oh, that content can easily be turned into a book. That content can easily be turned into, you know, kind of anything that you want. So if you've been thinking about content marketing and getting content marketing working for you, come and check out what I'm doing on laurencrest.com. So yeah, that's my little plug for this week. As always, if you if you like this show and you're just happy with the free content, you don't really need to record interviews. This is this is all you need. Then please also consider buying me a cup of coffee for the work I'm doing. It really, really goes a long way. Every cup of coffee counts. And you can do that over on Ko-fi. Just go to ko-fi.com forward slash Crest. The link is in the show notes. All right, without further ado, let's get on to this awesome episode with Lyndall Farley today. I hope you enjoy it and I'll chat to you at the end of the episode. When the global supply chain is strained, one essential transportation network continues to keep the economy connected 24-7. That network is freight rail. We're increasing hiring and capacity, 
all while investing more than $20 billion per year into our network to improve reliability every day. We never stop working to better serve our customers because Freight Rail works. Excited about this chat with Lyndall Farley this afternoon. We're talking about taking a break. We're talking about confidence. And we're talking about sort of the road ahead for people as well. So, Lyndall, I'll get you to just start off by sharing a little bit about what you do because you're a sabbatical coach, which is a pretty interesting title. Yeah, yeah, it's quite it's quite the niche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess the best way of explaining what I do is probably to step back and explain sort of how it all came about maybe. Um I've actually taken 10 sabbaticals over my lifetime. Uh, so I sort of became a bit of a sabbatical expert along the way into how to do it, how to get the most out of it. Um, and on sabbatical number eight, I was like, okay, I really need to step into the world and step into, into me. And uh, I wanted to start my own business. And I trained as a coach uh, and started coaching people. But really what happened was people kept on coming to me and saying, how are you taking these sabbaticals? How are you getting the most out of them? How have you managed to kind of move your life forward? And so I ended up falling into the niche of uh, sabbatical coaching just because that was the need. Um, and then I also, along the way, realised that actually one of the biggest problems that people were facing were the companies that they were working for. That was the challenge. And so now I also work with companies to help them set up sabbatical programs to smooth that journey for uh, for the individual as well. So that's what I do. <laughs> Ten sabbaticals, I mean, it's crazy. I'm not looking shocked because I already knew you that know. you had taken 10 sabbaticals, but for anyone else who's like, what, 10 sabbaticals is crazy. Hmm. It's like, how did you do it? I, I want to sort of ask you about what's been happening, you know, I guess like we all know about the the pandemic stuff. I, I don't want to like harp on about it too much, but it's obviously had a massive impact on mm. people's lives, on sort of either forced to be taking a break or, uh, you know, maybe being able to, to elect to do that. What have you been seeing happening in terms of sort of everyone having this, this pause? Yeah, it's it's been super interesting to kind of watch this um, from the the perspective of of being a coach, kind of supporting people through it. Um, what I've seen is just this massive mindset shift. Um, so usually, what happens is people kind of have to um, realize that they need to take a break. Um, and then they need that break in order to get their energy back in order to be able to figure out what's next for them, right? But the whole world has sort of been forced to take this reflective pause, right? And so uh, that's usually something that only occurs when you step out of your normal routine. But we've all been thrown out of our normal routine. And so this, uh, this, mindset shift has been all about the fact that everybody has been reflecting more everybody's had a chance to have some sort of a different kind of pause from their normal routine um, and everybody has therefore been asking more of the bigger questions right so am I happy like what 
what have I been doing? Like, why am I running on this hamster wheel of life? You know, like, mm. like, do I actually really want to be doing this? And so um, it's kind of almost fast forwarded that 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 first phase of the of the sabbatical, you know. And so I see a lot of people reconsidering what's important in life. I see a lot of people reconsidering how they keep themselves recharged um, and effectively also um, taking a good hard look at sort of where they're at in terms of, of the progression of their, their life, you know. So I think the other thing is a lot of people have been thinking about this because it's been a health crisis, right? They've been thinking about it from a health perspective. And so well-being has been sort of further up on the agenda, you know. Um, and you and I talk a lot about um, energy, you know, and from the perspective of, of energy, it's it's like people have been forced to reevaluate how they recharge their energy, you know, and how they um, uh, keep themselves in that sort of energy equilibrium, right? Because if we have low energy, then really everything else kind of falls apart or if we have no energy you know you, your body stops functioning um you're uh you're unable to 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 move forward your motivation suffers there then your your confident confidence suffers you know it's energy is kind of the baseline right so often we have to sort of take this step back in order to recalibrate our energy in order to get everything else uh lined up so yeah, that's been such a huge mindset shift for people. Yeah, I think it's really interesting and we're going to talk about confidence in a minute as well because like you mentioned that there, when I think about taking a break, I do kind of make the assumption that people might feel less confident because it's like, oh, okay, now I'm not in my normal you know, kind of day-to-day -day workplace environment. I'm not getting recognition and feedback from others. You know, I'm not kind of uh, getting that reassurance that I'm good enough and that, you know, I'm doing a good job. But you kind of see it the other way around. So can you talk us through that a little bit? How can taking a break be something that actually uh, helps us to regain confidence or is that something that we have to work at? Yeah, so I think it's really interesting because you've got to think about where you're getting your confidence from, right? And if it's a sort of a sustainable or a positive force of, of confidence. So um, a lot of the time we're getting confidence and motivation from the, the labels that society is kind of putting on us or mm. things that we have been taught to value. Um, so the job title, or pushing for the promotion, or the role that you play in your family, um, or the role that you play in your community, right? And they sort of propel us and give us confidence and motivation and that kind of thing. When you step away from those things, um, the first phase of a sabbatical, I call it really about decompressing, right? And really just discarding those labels and discarding the things that you uh, not necessarily discarding, but like reevaluating what you think is important to you, right? And basically getting back to the core of who you are, right? Really, the, the core of you without all of the pressures, the labels, the things that society says 
is important, right? And then, then you're able to kind of really make decisions from uh, the core of who you are rather than from these kind of, I don't know, like superficial levels of the, that we all sort of get caught up in. And so um, you're making, you're sort of recharging your energy and you're regaining your confidence from the perspective and then moving forward from the perspective of what's really true to you rather than sort of what uh, you think may be important to you because you've just been caught up in, in society and how we structure our lives. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, make, it, it makes 100% sense. Uh, it sounds like something, though, that it's sort of like you almost need that. I mean, and I guess this is what you do, right? It's sort of like you need to be able to pay attention to that because I think that can be a really scary thing for a lot of people. Yeah to kind of like like what we saw in sort of Feb, March was like people going, and I definitely did that, like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing now? Where's my identity? Hmm. You know, so what sort of, um, I, I guess, you know, are there tools that you kind of use to help people take a look inward? What does that sort of process look yeah. like? It, it, it can be pretty confronting, right? Yeah, exactly. So the interesting thing is that it's actually quite a journey for somebody to get onto a sabbatical in the first place, um, because it takes uh, a bit of a bit of a push to step away from that normal life, right? And so there's a lot of fear wrapped up in: um, Is it responsible to take a break from my job? What if I take a break from my job and they realise they don't need me? And mm. Uh, you know, what if I take a break and actually my company won't allow me to take a sabbatical so I actually have to leave my job and then what if I can't get a job when I when I come back, right, uh, particularly in these times, right. And so I think the first, the first step is, you know, really preparing and, and getting yourself onto the sabbatical. But then once you're on a sabbatical, there's kind of three key phases um, that you go through. So the first phase is as I said you know decompression so you're literally physically recovering from work stress so a lot of the time people are in burnout or, or very near burnout or on the way to burnout you know um, and so there's that physical and mental and emotional recovery but then there's also the getting back to the core of who you are um, and that's really when um, uh, it depends on how far you've been wound up as to how long it takes you to unwind, if that makes sense, right? So, but then you move into phase two and that's really where you have got back to the core of who you are, but you're living, just living in the present moment and you're just enjoying whatever you want to do on sabbatical, right? Um, and really just enjoying every day and really kind of... Um, yeah, in a very relaxed kind of mode with no pressure. And you're, from the perspective of neuroscience, you'll probably understand that what you're actually doing is you're moving your brain waves from the beta fast frequency beta brain waves into the alpha brain waves. And when you're, and those are a much um, lower frequency. And when you're in those alpha brain waves, you're much better able to make new neural pathways new connections in your brain and that's the source of ideas innovation creativity so that's i call it this phase i call it the collection of epiphanies because that's when everybody's like 
oh, I just had a great idea for a business or, oh, I know what I want to do next in my life, you know. Um, but And so it's just collecting those epiphanies, right? So it's a really exciting kind of phase. And then phase three is when you you really have all the, the epiphanies, you've got your energy back, um, your motivation and your confidence comes back as well, and then you suddenly become ready to act, right? And so then you suddenly become ready to um to move forward with one of the ideas. Like one of the ideas just is so exciting to you, you can't let go of it and you want to just like grab hold of it and like dig into it, you know. And so that's the, they're the kind of the phases of a sabbatical that someone goes through. What are some, um, like, can you talk us through, I mean, obviously, you know, like respecting privacy and stuff like that as well, but maybe some examples of, you know, sort of transformations that you've seen when people go through this process, like where they were at and and where they kind of end up, what sort of decisions they end up making. Yeah, like, so as a coach, I don't usually talk about my clients, but I can use myself as a wonderful example. <laughs> All right, let's like, let's hear it, Lyndall. Respecting <laughs> the confidentiality of all my clients. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, 10 sabbaticals, but the truth of that is um, sabbaticals one through seven, I don't think I did very well. <laughs> And so what actually was happening, runs. <laughs> yeah, well, it just, it's like it took me seven sabbaticals to figure this process out, people. <laughs> anyway, I'm a bit slow. So, um, yeah, so what, uh, what I was doing was I was using sabbaticals to escape my life, right? Uh, and it was because I fundamentally hadn't designed my life in the right way in the first place. And so every time I'd go back, nothing had changed you know because or I didn't go back and change my life um in in ways that I needed to uh and so then a couple of years down the track I needed another sabbatical to escape my life right and so yeah sabbatical number eight is where that really all shifted and also I have to acknowledge that I was working with a coach at that point and so I think a coach is really there to kind of hold up that mirror and say hey this is what I see is happening for you and really to hold the space for you to explore it yourself and so that's very difficult to sort of do alone you know um yeah so my transformation was it took me three months in phase one Um, so I was, it was a six month sabbatical. I was traveling around South America. It took me three months to really get, um, back to who I was. Um, I was a a management consultant at, at KPMG. I was, um, very attached to that. I was very attached to my identity, um, being associated with my job, um, and the thought, excuse me, <clears throat> the thought of me um, stepping away from that, um, I, I felt I was being pulled to step away from that. I felt like it was time for, for me to do something that mattered to me. Um, but the security and the comfort, and it was so difficult to even entertain the idea of stepping away from that. Um, and so I... Um, I really, uh, it was actually, I remember, it was actually in Antarctica of all places. It's like if there's going to be an inspiring place in the world, maybe it's Antarctica. 
But um, it had also been because um, I was in Antarctica, like completely disconnected, no internet, no phone, nothing for, for like three weeks. And so there's nothing like a, a full on disconnection from, from life or from the world um, to sort of get you into that state of, um, of, I guess, reflection, right? And so, yeah, so then I you know, I think I was definitely in that phase two <laughs> while I was in Antarctica. And then um, something flick, you know, it's it's just these switches kind of flick for you, right? And this, the transformation for me was that I, um, I suddenly was like, right, it's time. I have to do something on my own, you know? And what happened for me was I decided that I wanted to design my life first and then design my business. So I set up some sort of guiding principles or North Stars for how I wanted to live my life. Um, and then I designed the business that would help me achieve those. And so that was a really interesting process to go through because it meant that it kind of guided the design of the business I ended up setting up, which is the business I run today. Um, but then I still need it. So the tra the real transformation doesn't happen on sabbatical. Like you have some nice little warm and fuzzy thoughts and you're like, oh, I'm going to change everything. Um, but, and, and that obviously that's really important. That's a catalyst. But the real change happens when you get home, you know, because you get back to your normal life. Like nothing in your life has changed. And even the way that people see you hasn't changed. And so you have to make that transformation occur when you come home. And that's when it gets hard, really. That's when it gets hard. And it took me three years, really, two, three years to make that transition from management consultant into full-time business. Um, uh, but, yeah, but now I uh, have a business that's designed around my life instead of the other way around um and yeah i really have never been happier <laughs> so no it's awesome it's very inspiring and i think you know it made me think as you were kind of talking through that i was thinking about you know again going back to that sort of this forced pause that a lot of us have have had right like where where, where to from here like before we got on this call, we were talking about, you know, sort of like, is is life actually going to go back to the way it was before, mm. right? Like, mm. are we going to go back into our work full time? Like, I think a lot of people right now are kind of going, hang on, what should my life look like? I mean, you mentioned mm. that as well. So, I mean, do you see this now as sort of like this mass negotiation of like people sort of reassessing that work-life balance? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it goes more than work-life balance too, right? It's like, um, what kind of life do I want to live? And how do I want to show up in the world? You know, um, what kind of work do I find meaningful? How do I want to bring that kind of work to the world? How do I want to live with my loved ones how do I want to interact with my family what kind of people do I want to surround myself with um where where do I want to live you know like city country you know 
Um, do I want to be in the countryside? Do I want to be living on the beach like you? I mean, gosh, oh, amazing. <laughs> I know, it's pretty um, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for, for a lot of us, you know, I've lived all over the world, you know, which country do I want to be living in, you know? So I think uh, these these questions are popping up for people and the the easiest thing that I think that people do is they kind of um, try to solve everything with the job question first. Um, and so what that really means is... Um, if I get a new job, then it will completely change my life, right? And that work is a big part of our life for sure, but it's not necessarily going to sort of design your life holistically the way that you want it to be designed, if that makes sense. So you've really got to start with, okay, what's the holistic picture of my life design? Um, and how do I then get the work or the career or the business or whatever it is that fits that, you know? And so I think a lot of, I, I also talk to a lot of entrepreneurs or people thinking of starting a business and they're like, you know, so how do you start a business? How do you do this? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Don't design your business until you've designed your life. Design your, the life you want to live and then design the business because it's so easy to have a great business idea or whatever and then have that dictate the kind of life that you have to live. Like mm -hmm. the easiest example is I want to open a shop. I want to open a retail store because I love selling clothes, whatever it is, right? That's what I want my business to be. That that designs so much of your life. You're you're tied to that physical location. You're tied to nine to five sort of or shopping hours, maybe probably seven days a week. Um, you're tied into that kind of small business, uh, you know, retail bricks and mortar kind of challenges. So um, is that what you want for your life, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and the answer might be yes, and that's great. Go do it. But if it's not then reassess. Yeah, that's actually, it's a really interesting point because like for me where where I come from is like when I'm working with someone, I'm like, okay, we're going to build your brand. You want to become a thought leader. You want to establish yourself. We're going to build your personal brand. And I'm like, but it has to start with the insight of who you are and getting to know yourself and what mm. you want to do with your life. Mm. And so sometimes I'm kind of like, it's actually better you go and work with a life coach first it's better mm. you go and work with if they've got health issues sort that out first because totally. I want to sort of make sure that we're drawing a line in the sand and going okay like we're actually going to build this you don't mm. want to build something and then go I don't want which is I what I to. did <laughs> well, it's, it's also a little bit like I, I think uh, the, the first iterations of my business were were definitely not right you know so it yeah. does take a little while to figure this stuff out sometimes you know but um yeah it's 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 great that you know you're you're starting at that point too um because so many people sort of like not it's not even that they don't want to I just think they haven't thought about starting at that point you know so mm, it's great totally now yeah. let's talk a little bit about for you know because because we haven't 
touched on sort of the corporate side of this and I do want to talk about it because I think that you know from a from a corporate perspective going okay like my workers are you know maybe they're not working full-time at the moment they're working from home um, they can't travel we can't do events we can't do conferences we can't do all the things that we're used to doing as a corporate and people might a lot of their staff might be going yay (laughs) we don't have to do all of these things that we normally do so do you think like corporates need to change their culture like do you think they need to sort of come to the table and go people do want to work from home and that's possible or do you think it's sort of like well look if you want a job here that's that's that and this is how we work Mm, okay well I think you already, you just asked me a question, you already know the answer. Well, I've got a very strong opinion yeah, on this. Yeah, you, you have a very strong opinion on this. Anyway, let me dive in. So, um, first of all, I don't think that any corporate these days should be saying this is this is what it is like it or lump it. I think those days are, are gone, right? But I do see that... Um, uh, so basically I see uh, the employer and the employee as a symbiotic relationship, right? You know, it has to work for both or it doesn't work, you know. And so um, what has happened though recently is that a lot of the old thinking about what is possible for our business has been challenged, right? So remote working, right? Um, A lot of businesses were like, that just won't work for us. It just won't work for us. Remote, we just can't remote work because of blah, 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 blah. And recently they've just been really, obviously that's been uh, most of the time disproven, right? And so what's happened in the corporate mentality, the corporate mindset is that a lot of people have gone, well, well, we we used to think that remote work would never work for us and now it seems to be working perfectly well. Maybe it's actually even better. So what else did we previously discount that might actually be a really good idea for us? So it's opened the floodgates for people to think differently about the future of work and for people to think differently about um how to organize themselves, how to organize their labor, you know, their their people, their talent. And so what I've been experiencing is companies that um, I had talked to ages ago or whatever are out of the blue <laughs> coming back to me and saying, yeah, we're thinking about sabbaticals again. I'm like, mm. great. <laughs> you know, but it's like been this rapid shift uh, in thinking about the ways of working and what's possible that could never have occurred without corona like Mm. and so like if you're looking for the silver lining of corona then that is one of the massive ones it's just this rethinking about how we work um and and what's good for our people you know what's good for i think it's also put well-being on on the agenda in a, a much more forceful way and so um I see that I see a lot of businesses really rethinking this space um, and looking for different ways of doing things. And they've done they've made that mental shift 
in such a short space of time, a much shorter space of time than if we hadn't had corona. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's actually, it is a really exciting sort of silver lining Mm. um, to sort of like we had been talking about the future of work and now it really is this new future of work where all there's all these new possibilities. I do think it's it's going to be really interesting to kind of see what happens. Now, obviously, you work with corporates and you also work with individuals. Mm-hmm. So we've got to wrap up in a second. But for people listening to this, can you just share a little bit about how they can reach out and sort of, you know, what you do in each of those aspects as well? Yeah, for sure. So for individuals, um, I've got a program um, that really supports people on that sabbatical journey. It's called Time to Thrive and it really takes you through from planning your sabbatical to really making the most out of that time um, and, you know, having the kind of transformation that we were we were talking about. Really, it, it becomes a life design process, you know, using your sabbatical to, for, to, uh, to redesign your life. Um, so uh, people could get much more detail of, of that on my, my website, so beyondabreak.com. Um, from a corporate perspective, I help corporates set up sabbatical programs. So, um, you know, how are you going to design your program? How are you going to launch it? How are you going to position it in the right way with your people? And then what tools, um, what toolkit and guidance do you need to give your employees to help them make the most of the time off as well? So, anyone can connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with with new people. So, please um uh, reach out on LinkedIn. Um, you can follow me on um, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, all the usual places. My primary channel is LinkedIn though. So uh, reach out on LinkedIn and happy to to have a chat. Indul, thanks so much for your time. This has been an awesome discussion and nice to chat with you again. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Bye. Okay, so that's it from me for this week's Live with Leading Thinkers episode. You can catch more episodes like this on my website, on my YouTube channel, or of course on the podcast show. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to some of those earlier ones, there's if you're a new listener, like there's so much content on here already, uh, it will keep you busy. <laughs> it will keep you busy for a long time. I, I mean, I do these interviews and I love going back and listening to them because I forget, I forget uh, how much insight are in these episodes. And I'm really enjoying having the, some time now to go through and actually put together some interview highlights. So I've been doing that as well, um, particularly focusing on video content for that. So If you're not following me on TikTok yet, you're not following me on YouTube, go and do that. If you want some like quick sort of like one minute, five minute videos um, with some of the really juicy bits from all of these interviews. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I'll be back on Friday with my live stream, my seen and heard live stream. Until then, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. Welcome to America. The land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep.
in-store or online at mattressfirm.com today.